Hello and welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. On this week's episode, Nimburg blowout final four team Bombeg, Dijon host a dunk fest, and Turk Telecom surprise Halone on the road with a last second victory. Joining me to talk about all of that and more is David Hein over in Germany, who always makes our team of the week. Dave, how's it going? Ah, oh, what an honor. What an honor. Yeah, good uh good uh, good first week of of games and uh you know what's what's probably the best thing is just being able to have uh you know seen all of these teams now and uh, so we have we have one game of week we have one week of games to um overreact about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's overreaction Friday here at the BCL Co- Coast to Coast podcast. Uh we're going to have Travis Simpson on the show a little bit later today. He had a huge game for Rastafecta, so stay tuned for that interview a little bit later. It was really fun catching up with Travis and learning more about him and, and the team there in Germany. But first, Dave, let's jump in with the team of the week. Leading it off is Travis Simpson, 30 points. He was the high scorer for the week. He had a couple huge dunks. He also made six three-pointers for the German newcomers as they won their BCL debut over Anvil. Keith Langford, the legendary European scorer, he did what he does best. He had 27 points on 85% shooting from the field. Davidis Galius from Neptunus had a great all-around game, 23 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists as he helped the Lithuanian side get a win. Daishan Pierre is the MVP for the week, 24 points, 12 rebounds, and a couple clutch free throws as he helped Sassari beat Leek Cabellus by one point. And Georgie Shermandini, the big man from Tenerife, 24 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists for the Georgian giant uh, Shermandini. Dave, anybody who didn't make the team of the week who you thought had a pretty strong argument? I mean, those guys are obviously all very deserving of it. You know, one guy I kind of... Um one guy you could probably argue was uh, Rashid Suleiman from from Dijon. You know, he had 23 points, 9 of 11, and was uh, 3 of 5 from three-point range. And, you know, he, that was one thing I had mentioned uh, when we were talking about Dijon. You know, he he had struggled uh, three po- uh, with his three-point shooting. So um, definitely, you know, he's one guy that I, I think uh, could have gotten in there. But, again, it's hard to, to complain about those five guys. Uh, did you have anybody uh, who maybe could have uh, snuck in there? Yeah, one other guy who I, I thought would have been worthy was Yaramir Boachik, uh from Nimburg. He was a guy who we, we both mentioned in the preview podcast as a guy who's going to be a big-time scorer for the team from the Czech Republic, and he certainly lived up to that 24 points as they smacked Bomberg by 20 at home, making a big statement. Uh, against the the German club who made the final four last season, but overall, yeah, I think Simpson, Langford, Galius, Pierre, Shermandini. It's hard to take any of those guys yeah, off the, the list. Uh, a really strong DJ, opening big time. Uh, steps back, fifty feet. Oh lord, he's done it again. Mick Johnson has literally broken the hearts of every fan in this arena. All right, let's jump in now with the group-by-group breakdowns. First up, 
Group A, Dave, I think the best game from this group was Turk Telecom with an 82-79 win on the road at Halone. Seven-foot-two center Mustafa Fall was a big factor around the rim, of course, uh, but I, I thought he was also making some great passes, uh, did, a, did a really nice job finishing through contact, getting some and-ones uh, to help out Turk Telecom early. And then late, it was Nick Johnson with some clutch plays. Uh, he had a go-ahead three-pointer to give Turk Telecom a 79-77 lead after they had trailed by seven points in the final three minutes. Then he stole the ball the next possession, hit a jump shot to give them a four-point lead, and Turk Telecom escaped with a win. Uh, what, did, what did you think about this game in Israel with Halone dropping by three points. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned it. Um, you know, it, it was it was it was Johnson and, and actually also um, uh, Muhammad uh, Bayol. You know, they both uh, really stepped up. You know, it was it was an eleven zero run. Uh, you know, down the stretch and uh, in a game that was really tight throughout. And you know, you you need to have you need. To, in order to win on the road, you know, you need to have guys step up and, you know, definitely Johnson was a guy who came up um, and, and, and it was, it was also a matter of execution. You know, I think it was uh, six or seven possessions in a row where, where uh, Turk Telecom were able to, to score. So, you know, that's what you need and, and, you know, just battle on defense and hope you can get stops and, and, or that they'll miss shots and, 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 and do your execution on offense. Yeah, for sure. TJ Campbell hit some huge shots as well for Turk Telecom. That's, that's a well-balanced team. Dave and I were both pretty high on them in the preview podcast. I think they're looking pretty good. On the other side for Halone, uh, Latavius Williams, 18 points, 8 rebounds in the loss. Malachi Richardson had 21 points and 6 rebounds. Uh, but they've, they've got to be kicking themselves to, to blow a lead like this at home in front of their home fans. This was, this was a great chance to take down one of the better teams in the group. They couldn't quite finish it off. Um, but still, over, overall, a pretty solid performance from Halone in week one. Elsewhere in this group, Sig Strasburg, a team who I think we both picked to make the final four. Did, did you pick them for the final four, Dave? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I All did. All right. So we both picked Strasbourg for the final four. They went up against Ostend. It was a close game for the most part, but Strasbourg pulled away late. Damian Ingles had 14 points. Jure Grant with 15. Travis Trice, 12 Gabe York, 13 for a balanced effort for Strasbourg. Uh, Dave, what did, what did you think about this game? I was a little bit disappointed uh, in the game overall. It was kind of a, a slog, uh, you know, a lot of turnovers on both sides, poor three-point shooting on both sides. It uh, wasn't quite as entertaining as I would have hoped. But what, what did you think about this one? The the biggest note that I have circled is for Ostend and just lack of weapons. Um, you know, they, they do have um, Shavad Thompson who can, you know, he got 16 points. Uh, but, I, I you know, I, one of the things that's with this team is, you know, they're, they're young. You know, they had two guys, 2001 born that were, that were, you know, played big minutes um, with Kai Van de Verst and, 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 and uh, Amar Silla. And, uh, you know, with high talents like that, you also have highs and lows. And, and, you know, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of those for this team, like I mentioned. And I just think it's a lack of, of weapons. And, and you saw the balance that Strasburg had, you know, four guys in double figures. And then, and then, um, you also had guys, 
uh, with eight and nine points. So it's just it's just a matter of weapons on in in um, uh, a lack of them on Ostens and and really plenty of them for Strasbourg. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Osten manufacture points throughout the season because it it will definitely be a struggle for them. Moving on. I said Turk Telecom beating Halone was what I thought the best game of the group, but there was some competition for that award. Sassery with a one-point win over Elite Cabellus. I mentioned Dijon Pierre with his MVP effort. Uh, Dave, outside of Pierre, what were some of your takeaways from this one? You know, it was, uh, you know, one thing that you have to kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess store in the back of your mind or back of your memory for, for you know, future games. You know, it's a home game. It's first game of the season and all that. But, you know, so sorry, did have a have a seven-point lead with uh, about a minute and a half left and gave up eight straight points. Um uh, to 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 then force Pierre to to you know hit you know hit the two three free throws with two point nine seconds to get the win, um you know it was a tight one throughout eight points was the biggest lead nineteen lead changes so you know stored in the back of your memory you know Sasari um you know just you know weren't able to close this game they had to go and win it in the end after losing the seven point lead in a one thirty that's you know that's not um, that's not really that easy um, to do, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And another game with a lot of lead changes, Manresa with a four-point win over Polsky Torun at home, a game with 21 lead changes. Ryan Toulson led the way for Manresa with 21 points. Damian Kulig, 22 in the loss. Keith Hornsby, our guest on the first preview podcast of the season, 18 points in the loss. Uh, Dave, any thoughts on this one before we move on to Group B? Yeah, uh, you know, Manresa, 53 points from their bench, only 32 points from their starters. Um, so it's always a good sign to see that you have, you know, uh, depth coming from, from, from the, from the bench. Um, Toulson was fantastic, uh, scored their last 10 points, including four of four from the free throw line in the final 10.2 seconds to, to ice it. Um, so yeah, um, you know, you mentioned Kulik, you mentioned uh, uh, Hornsby, Chris, you know, Chris Wright had the double-double. So, you know, we both were thought highly of, of, of Tyrone and, um, and, you know, this is a, that was a, that was a good game, you know, 21 lead changes back and forth. Also eight points was the biggest lead. So uh, lots of, um, lots of, lots of fun going on in that one. Lima, back outside, way outside. All right, moving on to Group B. I'm going to start it off with San Pablo Borgos uh, because I picked this team to be the new Antwerp, as in the team that came up through the qualification rounds to make it to the Final Four this season. They beat the actual Antwerp 90-76. to This game was a lot closer than it looked. Uh, it was very competitive, very entertaining game throughout. Uh, kind of the opposite of Strasbourg-Ostend in terms of fast pace, a lot of offense, good shot making on both sides. Uh, I would definitely recommend going back and watching this one on livebasketball.tv or on the Champions League YouTube page because this one was a lot of fun. Uh, Dave, you know, we were both concerned about Antwerp because they lost so many key pieces from that Final Four team, but I thought they looked really good overall. They looked crisp. They had good chemistry, good passing. I, th I think playing at the Final Four on that big stage was really important for some of the role players who stuck around, like Victor Sanders and Dave Dodzinski and some of the younger guys on this team. They, they looked really good, but overall, Borgos, just too many weapons. 
I think this is a super deep team. I think their second five guys who come off the bench could be better than a lot of teams' starting lineups. Uh, guys like Augusto Lima coming off the bench, pumping up the crowd with his energy, and then Vitor Benite late in the game with three three-pointers in the final five minutes to really bury Antwerp after after a good game overall. Uh, did you happen to catch this one, Dave? Uh, yeah, I, I sort of took in the end of it cause that's pretty much when it was decided. Um, I, you, you, you mentioned, um, you know, losing those guys. And I think the level of execution level, uh, and level of experience were lacking for Antwerp. And that's one of the areas that Burgos, you know, you know, definitely has the advantage. You look at, um, you look at uh, Benite, you look at uh, Clark and, and uh, you know, F- uh, F- uh, Fittipaldo, you know, those these guys have, have been through the battles already. And I think that was, you know, it was an 18, it was an 18-6 uh, final seven minutes, um, zero points for Antwerp in the final four minutes. So, you know, those... Yeah, that 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 comes down to the experience of being in these games and 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 Antwerp losing a lot of those guys and you know those guys will step up and improve. Uh, you know, it's a learning experience for those guys um, who you know didn't have as much of that responsibility that maybe last year. Yeah, and two final quick shout-outs for me. One, the Antwerp black jerseys with the yellow lettering. Those might be the best in the competition. Those are so cool. I love those ones. Um, and Ibrahima Falfei for Antwerp. He only made two field goals, but my God, were they exciting. He had a steal and a dunk uh, and, and fell very hard after the dunk uh, in the first half, and then in the second half, he had just a ridiculous alley-oop. Both of those made the top five plays of the day. So if you're only going to make two field goals, that's a pretty good way to do it. So shout out to Ibrahima Falfei. Moving on, Habuel Jerusalem. They beat Tech Suite Bandirma 73 to 69. The curse of the BCL Riders. I, I picked James Feldin as one of my players to watch this season, and I think he still will be. Uh, I, I think he could definitely be an all star lineup type of guy again this season, but he was 1 of 14 from the field, 0 of 10 from the three point line. Luckily for Jerusalem, Jacobin Brown, Tayshawn Thomas picked up the slack. Uh, Dave, any, any notes on. Jerusalem's win over Bandirma. I would say, luckily for Jerusalem, uh, Bandirma, who lost by four points, made nine of twenty free throws, um, and then also four of twenty-one uh, three-pointers. That uh, that is forty-five percent from free throw from the free throw line and nineteen percent from long range. If I'm not mistaken, I think Bandirma had had free throw problems last year. I can't remember uh, last season. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it seems to me that there was something in there. This, you know, you lose by four points and you miss eleven free throws at home, and um, and that's going to be tough. But you know, hey, I mean, you do have to tip your hat to 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 Bandirma for for. You know, giving loads of minutes uh, to to those kids. Um, uh, go to uh, Igor Jerkovic's column. Talks about uh, really a lot of the young players stepping up uh, in the first week, uh, first round of games. Um, and Ben Dierma definitely has uh, has uh, has a few of them. Yeah, absolutely. Go check out Igor's article on Champions League The other games in this group: Rastafecta win their BCL debut over Anvil, eighty nine to seventy six. We'll talk about that 
that game a lot more with Travis Simpson coming up later. Uh, just a quick note from me on Anvil. Ricky Ledeau, one of 13 from the field. Uh, he was another guy who we mentioned in that 10 players to watch article. Igor Jerkovic wrote about him and his great scoring ability. He didn't have it going in this game. Uh, he'll hopefully recover in round two. And the final game in this group, Ike with a scoring explosion, dropping 102 points on Power Ortez, the French club. They won that game by 20 points. We mentioned Keith Langford with 27, making the team of the week. Uh, Dave, any, any final thoughts on this group before we move on? Uh, just really quick to to, to Fechta's win. Uh, first of all, I hope that uh, um, Ricky Ladeau and, and t- uh, Tony Roten are both okay. Um, Ladeau went down with a leg injury. I couldn't see where it was. And, and, and then Roten looked like he had a shoulder, and he was down on the court for a while, actually. Uh, so but definitely hope both of those guys are going to be able to play. And, um, you know, you look at Anvil, and, uh, you know, they got um, – they got 21 offensive rebounds in 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 winning the the battle of the boards, 54 to 34, and missed 10 free throws um, in losing by 13 at, uh, on the road. Uh, I, I don't see that really happening necessarily again. Um, and also, you know, Ricky Lido is not going to probably go one for 13 again. Uh, so, just wanted to throw that out there. Now, Dalton. And off. Another three Bocic. It's good. Well, they come out firing Nimberg. Moving on to Group C, I mentioned it at the top of the show. Nimberg with a statement win, beating Bomberg 91 to 71. They started off hot, winning the opening quarter 30 to 11 at home in Prague. I mentioned Yaramir Bocic with 24 points, but Dave, this Nimberg team is really well rounded and, and dangerous overall. Yeah. Uh... You know, Deshaun Booker, 18 points. Um, Hayden Dalton, uh, um, also a great game. Uh, Zach Hankins, my, one of my picks for, uh, players to watch was, uh, pretty uh, happy about that. Uh, he had a double double, um, but also with 10 at 10 and it also had two rebound, uh, two, uh, two steals and two blocks. And, and, uh, so, um, but you know, I'm, I'm actually going to put this loss on Moore's and, uh, role, Co- coach Moore, role Moore's. Um, it was, it was 16, nothing, um, in the first, I think it was f- maybe four minutes and, um, and he didn't call a timeout until it was 16, nothing. And they had had four threes and, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't look at I didn't look at this the 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 time the the score development of this so I really had no idea how this game kind of kind of uh, you know developed at all and I kept kept thinking okay well when's he gonna call a timeout you know you sometimes you see even after like seven nothing nine nothing and they went all, all the way up to sixteen nothing and and the lead was all the way up to twenty three it was thirty to seven in the first quarter um, so. I, I kind of, and, 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 you know, Bomberg were able to get it down to eight, um, at the end of the third quarter and then the eight Oh run to start the fourth quarter, just basically, you know, uh, you know, just ended, ended any, any, any doubts on it. Um, but if you, if you, I, I think if you, you, know, you try to, you know, settle your, your, your guys down, Bochick was just, you know, unstoppable, you know, figure out a different way to stop him from going left and, and going left and going left again. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe switch up and, you know, get your guys in a different mind frame. You know, you're on the road. This is the first BCL game for a lot of these guys on this team. You know, maybe that, that, that doesn't, you know, 
you know, snowball into a 23 point uh, deficit in the first quarter, which is really hard to come back from. Um, because they, they were solid. They were solid other than that, that, that beginning. Um, but you know, the, you just have all that effort trying to get it down to eight. And then, you know, that one little kick at the beginning of the fourth quarter is really enough to, to, you know, to, to break the will. So I kind of put it on Moore's on this, uh, on this one. Yeah. The reigning coach of the year with a questionable decision there. Elsewhere in this group, Riga beat Mornarbar 80-74 to at home. Peristeri picked up a win on the road at Gaziantep 70-64. to And Tenerife, the 2017 champions and last year's runner-up, beat Nizhny Novgorod in Spain 81-67. to Dave, any notes uh, on the rest of Group C? Uh, really just you know, kind of wanted to mention, in case you didn't see it, um, you know, Peristeri actually fell behind 16 points uh, in the early you know, it was 20 to four, uh, and then just chipped away at it. And then, uh, you know, ended up getting a road victory, which is obviously really tough, uh, you know, and also in, in a, in a, in a difficult environment in Turkey. So, you know, um, you know, getting back and come and, and, and grabbing the road victory after being down by 16 in the first quarter, you know, you, um, definitely a, a morale booster, uh, in addition to, to getting the victory. Back to Loom Loom. Oh, my Lord. I mean, he stares him down. You remember the name. Gets it. Look at the elevation. All right. In the last group, Group D, some interesting games in this one. A couple teams who Dave and I thought would be near the top of this group ended up losing. Let's start it off with Neptunus with an 81-71 victory over Brindisi. Uh, this game featured a couple great highlights from Brindisi, Kelvin Martin with a sick windmill dunk, but overall Neptunus clearly looked like the better team. Davidas Galius, we mentioned him on the team of the week, he just killed Brindisi off the dribble, including with about 1.5 minutes left in the game. Uh, he gave he broke down Kelvin Martin, who's one of the best defenders in the league, with a great spin move and a layup to give Sass, uh, to give Neptunus a six-point lead in that as they pulled away late. Uh, Dave, what, what did you see from this game? I know you're a little bit concerned about your Brindisi Final Four pick after this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll do a little bit more on them later. One, um, you know, getting out-rebounded 44-30, uh, you know, Neptunus, you don't really you look at them and say, you know, this is a team that's going to dominate the boards. But one thing I, you know, I, I, I really, I tip my hat to, to, uh, to Neptunus is, um, you know, never, never giving up that lead. You know, they took a lead and, and, uh, you know, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, with, to withstand the, 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 the team coming back, you know, especially with with some you know some high powered guys um, that uh, that that Brindisi has, but they were never they never broke, you know, they bent here and there, uh, but never gave it gave up that lead. Usually, when the team coming back, you know, from a from a from a big deficit, you know, when they when they finally are able to take that lead, you know, that kind of gets them over the hump and they're able to to get it. And 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 Brindisi uh, was never able to break uh, break through. So you know, tip your hat to Neptunus on, on getting the uh, on, on holding that lead the entire the entire uh, stretch. 
All right, another result that was pretty surprising from our perspective, Telecom Baskets Bond with an 85-71 victory over Zaragoza. Uh, Dave, this is a Zaragoza team that we both uh, think is going to be really good in this competition, but they lost by 14 on the road to start off the season. Uh, did we underestimate this this German side in Bonn? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um I, I this was a this was a strong a strong start. It's a, a a team that has a lot of weapons, um, and uh, you know it's it's a it's a coach also in his first stint. I mentioned that you know Thomas Pech you know was with uh, Berlin the last couple of years, and obviously Aito is there, um, and and uh, you know this is another another team that. You know, has a couple of uh, uh, of guys that have been around a while now, and uh, and we're able to 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 withstand Saragossa trying to come back. Um, it ended up being fourteen, but it was close uh, in the early fourth quarter. They kind of ran away with it d- uh, down the stretch. Um, but you know, holding Saragossa to 40 percent uh, shooting, you know, it, it, this is a team that has athleticism um, on the wings with with guys like Frazier. And the Cuban uh, Bartolo, you know, these are, you know, and, and also DeLeo's, uh, you know, is a, is a feisty defender. Um, and then you have, you know, some solid bigs. You have Broining, you have Subotic, Zimmerman, you know, this is a team that I, that I, that I like. So it's, uh, yeah, uh, you know, this, this was a really good game to watch and, and to, to store it uh, in the back of your mind again. I'll say that again to, to find out how these two teams develop. All right, and the other games in this group, Besiktas, one of the few teams to win on the road. They beat Pauk 69-60, to and Dijon with a big 87-68 win over Falco Zambate. Uh, I would encourage everyone to go watch the highlights from this game just for their, all of the dunks that Dijon had. It was incredible. There's a three-minute highlight reel of exclusively dunks, uh, tons of easy looks at the rim, and a, and a bunch of athleticism on that team. Uh, so go check that out. Dave, any any notes from those last two games? Uh, yeah, I mean, just... Um, you know, Pauk uh, scoreless over the final five and a half minutes, 14-0 run from Besiktas, um, and uh, and then also fast break points from Dijon, 31 to six against Falco. Um, I, I think you know Falco does a better team than 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 uh, than maybe some people might think, um, but it was a rude awakening to the to the BCL. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's it for our group-by-group breakdowns. Now it's time for overtime, five topics from around the league. Dave, first up is the team that you are most worried about that you thought would be good. Who did you choose for this one? Uh, I ended up going with Brindisi. Um, and actually, it's, it's I don't know if it's kind of... Uh... It's kind of um, gonna change, but but uh, one of, one of the things that that I wrote down in the when I was my notes for for that Neptunus game was, uh, you know, we're gonna look back, we might look back on this game and say, remember when uh, Brindisi lost to Neptunus? Um, uh, because this is a team that I picked for the Final Four, and I really like their you know their 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 grouping of of you know American guys, you know Banks, Brown, Martin. Uh, um, Thompson Stone, uh, I I think they're big short right now of doing something of getting to the final four. Um, I I don't know if if Bogdan Radoslavovic is the guy that is going to lead them to the promised land, if you will. 
uh, with the NBA, you know, training camps, you know, cuts being made. I can imagine Brindisi getting a big being one of the moves that is going to happen over the next whatever whatever's left, you know, of the NBA training camps next two, three weeks. I would not be surprised if uh, Brindisi uh, try to solidify uh, their low post, but team I'm more team I'm most worried about right now. Uh, I would I would say probably Brindisi. Who do you got? Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Bomberg losing by 20 points uh-huh. on the road. Uh, I know this is a team with a lot of turnover. We mentioned Roll Moores as the new head coach there. Paris Lee coming in as the new point guard. But I, I expected a much better start from them. Uh, and Nimberg is, is a good team. You know, We both picked them to make the playoffs. So there's no shame in losing to Nimberg on the road. But to get completely blown out like that, to start as poorly as they did, I thought was pretty concerning. Uh, and, and Bomberg, they've made a couple changes. I think, uh, Dave, who did they just sign today? Today? Oh, oh, uh, Retin Obasohan. All right, so they're, they're bringing in some reinforcements. Uh, maybe, maybe they can turn it around, but I was pretty discouraged by that Bomberg result just based on how good they were last season and then bringing in the reigning coach of the year and Paris Lee, who made the star lineup last season. So maybe they just need some more time to get going, but I'm concerned about Bomberg. I, I- I think I think that's kind of the I think that is kind of the case. You know, Lee has been really sort of slow on taking offensive shooting responsibility duty if you will. You know, he's been really trying to work hard to get it, to get people involved. So, um and you know, it's for for Bomberg fans to walk them off the cliff a little bit. I know it's just overreaction Friday of the first of the, you know, game day one. You know, you know, go ahead, fast forward to past when it was thirty to seven, and then watch the rest of that game, and you can be at least comfortable um, that you know you you know you played solid for the final you know whatever it is thirty three minutes, and it was a road game. So, but yeah, I can understand you know why people would be worried. All right, next up is the most surprising team, but in a good way on the positive end of the spectrum. Dave, who did you choose for this one? Uh, I, I know I just said it wasn't a surprise, but uh, uh, I am going to say because actually I had Saragossa going to the Final Four, so um, I'm going to pick uh, Bonn. Um, but uh, in, a, in a way, it's also not a surprise, but it, it, it's really the, the confirmation of what happened over the week uh, because you know they lost by 32 to Kralsheim at home. It was the worst home loss in club history. Two days later, though, in the German Cup, knocked off Bayern Munich in Munich uh, and and then um, come and, and really have a strong performance um, in the first round against a, against a team. Okay, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Saragossa is, is a Spanish club. I, I, I picked them to, to maybe go to the, to the, to the Final Four. So, um, it, it, it wasn't surprising that they played well, but it was, it was for me sort of this confirmation that they, you know, after beating Bayern in the cup, um, and then two game, you know, three, and then two days before that losing by 32 to Krausheim. So who you got? Yeah, for me, it was, uh, it was Rastafecta, uh, 13 point win over Anvil. You know, I, I didn't 
think it was a, a huge surprise that they won that game, but I did expect Anvil to come out on top with the talent they have there with Roten and Lado. And Fecta just looked very good overall in terms of uh, the amount of weapons on the team, the number of guys who can hit shots. I like their playing style, which we talk about more with Travis Simpson coming up on the interview. So I was I was impressed by, by Fecta. I, I didn't have high hopes for them uh, just based on them being a lower-budget team, and you were pretty down on them after their their bad start in Germany. So I, I was pretty impressed by them and what they were able to do in week one. Next up, the let's not panic team, the team who lost, but will still be good. I'll go first for this one. Uh, we've, we've talked about them already. Zaragoza, even though they lost by 14 points on the road, I, th- I think they're going to be just fine. There's a ton of talent on that team. Uh, Nicolas Brasino, two points. Uh, he's the type of guy who has two points one week and then 20 the next. So I expect him to have a, a nice game next week as he bounces back. Uh, DJ Seeley, Robin Benzing. Like there, there's just a lot of good players on this team. So I'm, I'm not particularly worried about Zaragoza. I think they'll be just fine. Uh, Dave, who's your let's not panic team? I, I actually I had Saragossa, but I'll 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 zag instead of uh, Saragossaing. Um, who also you know they didn't have Saibudas and they're playing with youngster a couple of youngsters as well, um, and and I think that uh, was more of Bon winning that game than Saragossa losing that game. Bon you know played really well. I'm gonna go with Tyrone. You know it was a lo- it was a um, it was a road game uh, in Spain. Manresa you know this is a team that. You know, is also in the Champions League uh, for the first time in the regular season for the first time. Uh, was back and forth. Um, uh, like we said, twenty-one lead changes. You know, uh, it took a veteran like Toulson, who's done so much, to 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 kind of get them over the hump. Uh, uh, Hornsby hit a hit 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 another couple of big shots. Kulig was fantastic, um, and you know we talked about them kind of rounding into form. Um, you know, with those Polish uh, national team guys being so late to the party, you know, after the World Cup. Um, and, uh, you know, Manresa, we, we, you know, we said it was 53 points that the bench scored only eight points for the bench for Tyrone. So just that depth, they, they weren't able to overcome that and still only lost by four points. So I'm going to say um, let's not panic about uh, Tyrone. All right, next up is the Whoa, Who's That Guy award for breakout player. Dave, I'll let you go first with this one. Who uh, did you pick here? Uh, actually, I kind of mentioned him already. Um, I, I, I actually I wrote about him in the Players to Watch, and that is uh, Zach Hankus. Um, um, you know, he's a guy that, that won uh, a D2 title in, uh, in, uh, in college basketball in the United States. And, and some of those D2, D3 guys, when they come to Europe, they, they sort of chips on their shoulders, sort of having to prove themselves, you know, not going to big colleges and stuff like that. And, you know, this is a real, this is, this is, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't end up doing, I didn't end up doing it, but when I was watching it, uh, I was thinking, you know, this guy might be a top five center in the league. You know, I mean, maybe this is something we can discuss over the over the course of the season. But you know, this is the first you know first uh, exposure he has to this, and uh, you know, is a big that can run the floor, block shots, plays defense. Um, you know, is gonna is has good footwork around uh, around the basket. Uh, runs the floor. You know, beats guy beats teams uh, uh, down the down the floor. Um, so. Um, that's that's a guy that I was very very uh, very very uh, impressed with, uh, you know, especially 
taking a step up um, uh, to this level. Who you got? Who is this guy? Yeah, that's, that's a good pick. Uh, I have two. One, Travis Simpson, our, our interview for this week, uh, 30 points. This was the first time I'd seen him. I, I know he's been around a little bit in Greece and elsewhere in Europe, but this was the first time I've seen him play, and I was really impressed with his athleticism and his three-point shooting and his confidence. Uh, so I went with him, but as an honorable mention, since Simpson is coming up on the interview, uh, how about Goran Huskic from Burgos? This is another guy who I knew a little bit about. Uh, he helped Borgos come up from the Spanish second division and reach the ACB. So he's been around for a couple years, but he had a big game, 19 points on 100% shooting from the field, uh, created a lot of problems for Antwerp with his hustle and his activity around the basket, made all of his free throws. So I, I was really impressed with Goran Huskic in this game. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on going forward. And the last topic for overtime, stat of the week. Dave, I'll go first for this one. My stat is 20.3. That is Tenerife head coach Tus Vidoretta. In three opening games of Basketball Champions League seasons, he has won all three of those games by an average margin of 20.3 points. Incredibly impressive stuff from Tenerife. They beat Nizhny by 14 this week, and um, they, they lost... Kyle Singler, who retired due to personal reasons, so that's a big weapon that they're losing, but this Tenerife team looks like they're going to be excellent once again. What's your stat of the week? Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Um, I'm going to do 30. That is the uh, number of assists uh, that Fechta had. Uh, 30 assists, 31 field, field goals made, and I actually went back to the play-by-play and counted um, for those who are unaware, free throws can be assisted uh, in European basketball. Um, and there were only two free throw assists, according to my count. I mean, that's the unofficial David Hind count, right? So if that's, if that's actually accurate, that means of the, of the 31 field goals made, 28 of them were on assists. So that's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised based on the way they were passing the ball. Uh, Vistorius was doing a great job moving the ball. Every Everybody on that team was, was breaking down the Anvil defense and spreading the love around. So that's a good segue into our interview with Travis Simpson. Coming up next, Simpson made the team of the week after scoring 30 points as Rastafecta won their Basketball Champions League debut, their first ever international game in Europe, so a huge accomplishment for them. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview to wrap things up. Up next, Travis Simpson. This game with a three here at a crucial time. Simpson, same spot, same result. Simpson moves to 30 points personal. Simpson just lining it up. What a game this has been from Simpson. On the show this week, we have Travis Simpson from Rasta Fechter. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, um, Travis. No problem. Thank you for having me, man. Um, you guys, uh, you guys had a kind of a, a rough start to the to the season in uh, in Germany. You lost your first four games, uh, including mm-hmm. the including mm-hmm. the cup game to Ulm, um, and then uh, mm-hmm. pulled off the victory over the weekend. Um, maybe maybe just uh, talk about uh, how the 
the the weekend game maybe just got you guys in a in a mind frame to um to uh to start this uh, Champions League. Oh, uh yeah, um we had a rough start starting off uh but we knew, you know, coming in that our first couple of games were going to be against very tough opponents. Um everyone knows Ulm is very good, uh, high budget team. Um Berlin's very good team. Uh uh who am I forgetting? Um Oldenburg, Euro Cup team. So, uh, respectively, all those teams are very good, high-level teams. And uh, our main approach was just to take those those games and to, to just get better, keep working, don't don't uh, put our heads down and, and and feel sorry for ourselves with everything that's going on and the losses. Uh, Coming to practice every day and work hard. And we know that it's a process. We're not uh, as talented as the other teams. We don't have the budget as the other teams, but. What we don't have in talent and budget, we have to make up in, in our fight and our desire and how hard we play. Uh, we have to be scrappy. We have to defend every position and play together. Um, I think the, the game over the weekend against Goddard was big for us because I, I feel like everyone knows the, the first win of the season is always the most difficult. And so once you, you know, you kind of get that off your back, now you can kind of really start moving forward and focusing. And then you also gain a little swagger, a little confidence. Uh, and I think that, that, against God again helped us a lot to get that win and some guys to perform very well and to get it. It was a tough game, you know, it was a couple possession game coming down the stretch and to seal that win gave us confidence coming into uh against Ann Will who's a very talented, very tough team. I think they're showing it to everybody in the Polish league. Um and so yeah, we just wanted to come into it with confidence and play hard. Yeah, it was your first. It was the the, the club's first ever uh, uh, basketball Champions League game, and uh, you guys won it. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. a, a major mm-hmm. accomplishment. Maybe just how important uh, was it for for you guys to to start this competition out uh, with a victory? It was huge because, like I said, we we don't have the caliber of players that all the other teams have. We have guys who you know, have played second division or, or guys who are just starting off and trying to find their way in Europe, you know, and even myself, I've been over here for seven years, but I've never played Champions League. So uh, to come in and, and to win a game like that against a team who's ultra talented, has former NBA players, uh, it's a confidence boost and it shows us that we can, you know, we can play in this thing. And I'm not saying we're the best team, but you all you always want to feel like you're able to compete. You know, uh, competing doesn't necessarily mean win or losing. It just means that you give yourself a chance. And I think that game helped us see that, you know, if we do what we're supposed to do and fight for 40 minutes, we should have a chance in all of these ball games. And that's all we ask for. And and you mentioned in the, in the post-game press conference, uh, you know, uh, talking about the maybe, you know, Anvil having one of the most talented backcourts in, in Europe with, uh, with, with guys like, uh, Tony Roten and, uh, and Ricky Ladeau, you know, being NBA mm-hmm. draft picks, how excited were you to match up against guys like that and, and, and to really show what you can do? Uh, I was super excited. I've been, uh, when we were preparing for, you know, I was telling my teammates, like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like, and I feel like those guys were too. I mean, as, as basketball players, you always want to play face the best. And so, you know, we watch film on these guys and we see how they move, how they operate, how they're able to score, how athletic they are, how they shoot the ball. And so you know that if, you, if you're if you not on your A game, then both of those guys can go for 30 or, you know, 20 plus at will. And it's just not those two. The the other guys, Dolo and, and the three-man chase, and 
like all those guys were super talented. So we knew that, you know, we had to be fully focused defensively. Our main thing was defensively. We we play defense and we'll get some easy baskets in the offense. But uh, I think myself and everyone else, we were super excited and we were ready for it. Yeah, Travis, first play of the game, it was a designed alley-oop for you. And you threw down a, a huge dunk, and, and it seemed like that kind of set the tone for the game. Uh, how did it feel to start the game with a, a big, emphatic dunk like that? Uh, it felt good. I feel like, you know, anytime you can start the game with an a open look, whether it's for three or a dunk, it kind of sets the tone early, you know, and gets the, gets the fans, behind, especially at home, it gets the fans behind you. It gets your team riled up, like, okay, we're here to play, and and also for myself, it felt good to finally, because I am an athlete and, and so far this season, I haven't really had many plays, many chances to, to you know, show my athleticism how I wanted to. We're all still trying to, you know, figure each other out. And, you know, that happens. It comes with time. But, you know, to have those first couple plays and the first play of the game to, to play out like that, uh, it was huge for us. And uh, I think it, it definitely set the tone early. Yeah, and as a team, you guys shot the ball really well, and you shot a ton of threes, which really stood out to me. Uh, more than 50% of your field goal attempts were from the three-point line. Uh, is, is that something that we can expect from you guys throughout the season, or was that more just a product of taking what the defense gave you? Um, <laughs> that, that's how we play. Uh, I don't know how many people know about Coach Callis, but I think last season, if I'm not mistaken, they were first or second in the league in three-point attempts. Uh, that's how we practice. That's how we play. We try to play fast, aggressive, and we space the floor. And so our thing is, if you, if you have an open look, whether you're a dead eye shooter or not, you have to take it. If you don't take it, then you know that that's hurting us. And so we don't care if you miss, and we don't care if you're over five, over six. If you're open and it's a good look and it's within our offense, take the shot. And so we're looking for layups or three pointers, and that's what we're running to. We're you know we're running to the arc, and uh, because those are I feel like we, we have players who are good at creating and finding the open man and they would make extra pass. And if it's a rhythm shot, you have to take it. And so if that's, you know, 50% of our shots, then we're okay with it as long as they're the best look. Yeah, for sure. And I, I was really impressed uh, by a couple of your forwards, uh, Ishmael Wainwright and Kamari Murphy. Uh, what do those guys bring to the table for your team? High energy, high energy. And their athleticism. Uh, I think everyone saw uh, Kamari Murphy, you know, with his dunks and his blocks, and he, he's super athletic. He has a high energy. He plays hard every single day. Uh, he's a pretty good defender, you, know, as you see, with the blocks. And Ishmael, I mean, him spacing the floor with his shooting. Uh, he's a, a kind of an undersized four, but he, he's strong, so he can defend the four. He can he can play some perimeter guys. He's on the board, like, so – those guys, they, they help us guards a lot on the back end because, you know, they're, they're talking and if we get beat, they're there and they're on the boards and and we really need them. They are, you know, they're kind of our anchors, you know. So uh, they bring their athleticism and their, and their tenacity to the game and it really helps us. Let's go back a little bit um, into your background. You're from a small town called uh, Douglas uh, in Georgia. There's only about uh, mm -hmm. eleven thousand people. You're you're about you're about 120 mm -hmm. miles from Jacksonville, Florida, and 200 miles mm -hmm. from Atlanta. Just to give people sort of an idea where you're from, um, we mm -hmm. we always we always kind of like to ask um, our guests, you know, you know what's what's the uh, the local hoop scene like uh, where you're growing up. So. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you growing up and playing at uh, Coffee High? 
Uh, uh, interesting because it's a, it's a football school. Um, everyone from Douglas plays or has played football at some point, and I, I played myself. Uh, so basketball isn't really a huge thing. Um, it didn't really get really big until maybe, you know, a couple of years before I came to high school. That's when, you know, we started really getting some talented guys coming through um, for basketball-wise. Um, I'm not really sure the history of, of, of how many guys have gone on to play professionally or overseas or even collegiately um, from Douglas. I don't think there's many because it is a, a football place. But uh, we have some talented guys down there, you know, but a lot of them end up playing football and, and had a couple guys get drafted to the NFL. And so that's just how it goes. Um, but a small place like that, you can't really expect the the talent pool to be like a Jacksonville or like an Atlanta because it is so small. There's only one high school. So uh, it's, it gets kind of hard. And, you know, it's hard for, you know, kids like myself to kind of make it out because it's you kind of get overshadowed because you're in a, such a small place. And that you have to kind of do it like I did and, and venture out and play in, in other cities. And so, hey, you really helped me, you know, playing for, you know, the Atlanta Celtics. And I played on another team in Southern Georgia, but we – we always travel to the bigger cities to to try to get that exposure because if you don't, then you just kind of get overlooked. And it's it's sad to say it, but it's the truth. You know? Yeah, um, it, it's it's kind of the countryside where you're from, and I saw that you kind of consider yourself mm-hmm. uh, an outdoorsman a little bit, uh, liking to hunt and fish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, not mm-hmm, something you're mm-hmm. impro- you were probably able to do very much <laughs> during your career here in Europe. Is is that something that's been oh, to- oh no. totally on your on, on the back burner? How how are you able to how are you able to to you know to satisfy that uh, that part of your of of your of yourself? Honestly, um, I, I don't so much since I'm in Europe. Um, the seasons here, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure everyone knows the seasons here in Europe are pretty demanding. They're, they're pretty long uh, practice times and, and travel and stuff, and so. I think now I put that side, the outdoorsman side, and I love, um, I love to go outdoors. I'm a fishing like freak. I love to go fishing, but um, it's now it's more important to you know take care of my body and and you know rest up and do my homework on these teams and and just try to prepare for the you know the the, the day to day of being in Europe. Um, and I don't think most people you know stateside understand. The, the demand of playing in Europe is it's slightly different from being home and, you know, being on different teams, you, you see it quite often with, you know, whether it be NBA players or, or G League the, uh, G League players that come over, it's different. And, and it takes them some time to adapt to the, to the demand of the, the you know, sometimes the two practices and, the, you know, and so you really have to focus on, on kind of being, and not saying they're not professionals, it's just different, but, you really have to focus on being a, a professional and taking care of your body and, and find ways to, you know, lose yourself outside of basketball when you do have some downtime, but you don't have much. You don't have much. Yeah, and, and that's a good segue into this. Uh, you, you played your college ball at UNC Greensboro, and there's a couple of EuroLeague champions who also played there, uh, Ricky Hickman and the legend Kyle Hines. Uh, both those guys went to Greensboro. Uh, were, were those guys pretty helpful for you when you decided to start your own pro career in Europe? Um, I have to be honest. I haven't spoken to them so much uh, because they were before my time. Um, my thing was I had some guys who were uh, around the same age or, or, you know, 
that were already playing who, you know, kind of told me, you know, it's different over there. And, and even going to my first couple teams in, in Colossos in Greece and let them know uh, I had older guys on the team who, who helped me. Um, I'm not really a guy who reaches out a whole lot. Uh, I kind of try to figure things out myself mentally. And, and then if it's something that I just can't figure out, then I'll ask questions. But uh, I know for certain if I would have reached out for, to Kyle or, or to Ricky, that they would have helped me. And, and, I mean, everyone sees the, the career that, that Kyle is having. And it's, it's amazing to watch and know that, you know, somebody who, you know, was before you is just having such an amazing career over here in Europe and he's just winning everything. And it's, I'm proud to say, you know, I'm from UNCG because, because, <laughs> because of Kyle. So, uh, yeah, so uh, it's amazing to see him and Ricky, man. And it's, it's, they really, you know, when people ask where you went to school and you say UNCG, they don't really know. But the minute you say, oh, Kyle Hines, oh, Kyle, you know, or Ricky, like, so it, it feels good to be able to, you know, to know that people like that have, have made our university, you know, known because of what they're doing over here. Uh, and and you actually decided to turn pro after your junior se- junior season. Uh, maybe just how do you mm-hmm. how do you look back on that decision? You know, whatever you know, f- you know, six years later. I don't know if I necessarily regret it. Um, coming from a small school like UNCG and the position that we were in at the time, uh, mid major program, who you know we weren't thriving we weren't in the nit we weren't you know we weren't in the tournament and uh we were we were building and so i don't think i i got the most out of who i was and and developing as a player being there and and i I saw once i became pro once i came to europe there was just so much that i and there's no it's no indication of my coaching staff my coaching staff were amazing but when you know when you have a new program not new program but new staff that are young and trying to build you can't learn everything right then you know and so me coming over here my first couple of years there's a lot I didn't know and, and didn't know how to do didn't understand and even to this day I'm still learning as a player you're going to learn every day but I just knew I, I could feel it that I was I was behind the other guys and so I think that me coming out early helped my growth as a player and um, as a man, also like to, to to venture off across the world, you know, by yourself, and now you have to now now it's just really you basically over here, and, and it helped me a lot, you know, financially, and, and me as a professional player. Um, I, I guess I could have maybe transferred, but I knew that you know me transferring was I didn't think I could at that point in time I didn't think that, that I could sit out a year and just you know I didn't know if mentally I was at that place to be able to do that. And uh, but I feel like a change needed to be happen needed to happen. So um, had to do what I had to do. <laughs> yeah, those that's trans- so many people are transferring. It's it's personally I'm still trying to figure out whether it's a a, a good thing or a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm, if we mm-hmm. if we went and and uh, and asked some of your former teammates about you, how do you think they would describe you? <laughs> uh, I talk to those guys a lot. Um, they're some of my best friends. Like those guys really helped me become who I am today. Um, they, and they make jokes about it. They, you know, they started the whole T simp. They, everyone, they think I'm a great guy. And I, I feel like everyone does, but um, 
they know how much the game means to me, how much they mean to me, and how I how I approach it. And there's no surprise to them when I have games like this, and you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, he, he's gonna get going eventually. So I, I love those guys, man, and I miss them a lot. I, I tell them all the time that we need to get together whenever I'm home, but I'm not home so much. <laughs> yeah, Travis, we uh, we posted on the Champions League Instagram page uh, to get some fan questions. Uh, for this interview. So we, we've got a few questions from some of the fans out there. Uh, Mikel Des 17 wants to know, what are the differences between playing in Germany compared to some of the other countries where you've played? And you, you've been all over at this point, Greece, Finland, France, Philippines. Uh, so w- what are some of the differences between playing in Germany and those other places you've been? Oh, um, that's, that's a great question. Um, Honestly, since I've been here so far, Germany is very uh, tactical. Uh, the precision and the, the attention to detail that you must have here, uh, because it's not the most athletic country or the country with the biggest size, they rely on you know their tactics to get into the spots and, and making the right reads and plays because this, this league is very competitive. Uh, and I think teams are seeing that now. For us to be at the bottom, we can go compete against you know, one of the Euro Cup teams. And so you have to be precise in everything you do. Uh, the reads and the schemes offensively and defensively is different con- compared to, I would say, maybe France, which is a more athletic league. You know, you have bigger, more athletic guys who who make the game more fast-paced. It's more above the rim, fast break, um, which is altogether completely different from Greece, which is more of a, you know, slow it down, pound it inside, defensive style of play. Um, so each country presents its own different uh, style of play. Um, and I feel like Germany is more, um, you have to be precise and uh, your attention to detail has to be uh, up to par because if you're, if you're a step slow, the other team has scored. If you're a step slow, you didn't get your shot off. So um, it's, 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 the differences are pretty uh, – are pretty bland, especially once you start watching like Champions League or you know Euro League. You start seeing how the two d- teams differ in their style of play, and if you pay attention to it, it's it's, it's amazing. Next question is from Omri Alster, um, who wants to know who is the best player you've ever played with. Best player I've ever played with. Yeah. Who? Um. I want to say my third year, I went to Yoensu Katea in Finland, and I played with the point guard, Teemu Vanako. Now, he's at the latter stages. He was When I got there, he was maybe 35. Long-time long Finnish so, international, yep. Long-time. This guy's basketball IQ. Like, he's not the most athletic. He's not the... You know, he's not going to break you down at the top of the key and hit you with a, you know, a crazy crossover, but his IQ and how far ahead of the game he was every position offensively, that's what helped take my career to the next level because he was just always a step ahead, and it's just so amazing. Like, and even the teams I go to now, everyone asks me about Tate Muranico, and I never knew that he was that big. Like, me getting there as an American, I didn't know. Like, okay, Tate cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's, man, it's it's amazing to see him on the court and he's sixteen assists, seventeen assists, eighteen assists. It's like 
man, where and then as a player, you want to be around those type of guys and ask them questions and see what they see coming into the game and just to hear him talk and how he approaches the game. It's like, man, like this guy here, <laughs> like I can only imagine him when he was, you know, 28, 29, like he was truly amazing. I played with some other great guys, but I think him for me, was, he was just so different because of his mindset and how he saw the game. It just made him just, just rare. Um, next one is from Deuce Myers. Uh, and, uh, and the question is, <laughs> if you had to compare your playing style to any current NBA player, who would it be? Oh, wow. Um, honestly, right now, I, I, I know in college, in high school and college, like, uh, my favorite player was Kobe Bryant. I tried to, tried my best to pattern myself after him but you know this is a top 10 player all time and that's that's impossible to do um and as my career started going on maybe i want to say maybe like europe and i feel like i'm kind of like a J.R. smith like catching shoes but still have athleticism to where i can get to the basket and make athletic plays and and can get hot like i'm one of those guys that once i get going I could string together some baskets and a flurry. Um, not just a crazy ball handler out there doing, you know, Kyrie Irving type thing. So I, I would have to say maybe like a J.R. Smith maybe before he was, you know, Cleveland and, you know, the J.R. Smith was maybe like Denver or New York. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's a pretty good one. I mean, you had like three crazy dunks and you took 14 threes. That sounds like J.R. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh the the last question from the fans uh this one's from megan gabriel uh can we expect some more crazy highlights from you throughout the season <laughs> um i would i would hope so um i pride myself on like i say my athleticism and and when i do attack the rim how i attack it and i think you guys can see in the highlights after i finish my aggression afterwards and um, but it's all within the game. It's all in reads and, and it's, you have to be on the same page with your teammates. And so if the game, if it presents itself, I promise you, you will see, you will see these type of plays, but you know, every game doesn't pre present this, this type of, these type of plays. And honestly, my main concern right now is, is us as a team making a, getting better every day, whether that's, you know, in Champions League or in the BDL, we just want to get better every day. And if, if us getting better every day leads to me making plays like this, then, hey, it happens. But I just I just want to show people – we just want to show people that, you know, we belong on this level and that we're here. You know, teams are going to have to really pay attention to us because we're we're coming. Let's bring it back to the to the – to the uh, Champions League to close, then uh, you know, you know, we we saw you know what this team is is able to do, uh, you know, beating uh, in 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 pretty impressive uh, manner. Anvil, uh, what would you say the club's expectations are for this season in the uh, Basketball Champions League? <laughs> to get better every day, <laughs> like that's that's the, the most honest answer that I can give you. We're not. Uh, sitting here saying that, you know, we're going to advance and we're not saying, oh, hey, we're going to, you know, knock off some top teams. We literally just want to get better every day. And and we understand the type of competition that we're playing against. And so if, if us playing our best basketball 
does not win us games, we're okay with that because it's the best that we can do. And and that's what we're going to try our best to put on the floor every single night, our best effort, and and hope that the outcome is in our favor. But I think everyone knows when you're playing in these type of competitions with the amount of talent that's on the floor, any given night, someone, you know, it just so happened that, you know, Lido and, and Wolden didn't just have the crazy offensive nights that they can. Like, it can happen in the Champions League that anybody can just erupt and explode. And you can't get too down on that. You just have to put your best foot forward. And at the end of the game, apply the winning team and, and just know that you gave it the best that you have. All right, uh, Travis uh, Simpson from uh, Rastafechte, thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate the time. And uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for the highlights for sure, and uh, look forward to to watching and see how this team and and uh, and club develop. You know, uh, you know, I, I I live in Germany and and so know uh, a little bit about the background of this this club and stuff. And and it's really a, 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 there's a development going on, so it's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. what you guys mm-hmm. are going to be able to do this season. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for having me so much, man. This was fun, and I look forward to maybe talking to you guys again. All right. Thanks again to Travis Simpson from Rastafecta for joining us on this week's show. And thanks to the fans who submitted questions on Instagram. We definitely want to encourage you guys to do that throughout the season. Hit us up at BasketballCL on Instagram or on Twitter with questions for the interview guests or just for the show that you want Dave and I to talk about. But I thought there were some really good ones in there. And Simpson was an interesting guy overall. Uh, Dave, what, what, what did you take away from that interview? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a guy who you know he mentioned that that um, you know uh, young guys um, uh, sort of in their first you know BCL experience, and also you know older older guys, you know sort of in their in their first experience as well. You know he's he's a guy that's you know you mentioned been around uh, Greece, Finland, Philippines, um, Italy. You know he did play in the FIBA Europe Cup a couple of years ago in Hungary, but. You know, it's a guy that that um, you know. It's this is this is one of the reasons why I like this this competition a lot is because you see guys who are able to really you know sh- show themselves and and kind of get exposure and 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 take a a, a bigger step um, in their careers. You know, if he keeps this up, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, as far as you know, um, you know, making bigger jumps. You know, there's countless guys that have you know. Sh- you know that have that have gone and 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 played well on a on a European competition level and 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 taken that and and brought that to bigger and better things. So you know Simpson definitely um, you know cool story and really from from a from a small you know farming village you know Douglas is known for for uh, for for tobacco and and uh, and peanuts and you know farming out there is really not much there. Um, you know, and that going to now going to uh, BC also a big uh, a big rise for him. Yeah, absolutely. It was cool hearing from Travis. So thanks again to him for joining us on this week's show, Dave. Let's take a quick look ahead to next week. Some of the best games on next week's slate. I'm excited about Tuesday's matchup between Besiktas versus Zaragoza. Besiktas with the win uh, in the opening round. Zaragoza hoping to 
avoid dropping to 0 and 2. It's their second straight road game. Also, I think Torun versus Strasbourg is going to be very interesting. Uh, Torun almost upset Manresa on the road. Now they'll be at home going up against a good Strasbourg team. I think that one's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, what are some of the games from next week that you're looking forward to? Yeah, those those probably are the two big games for for Tuesday. I'd say Wednesday. Uh, I'm really watching Brindisi and and Bonn. Um, you know, two teams that we've you know spent a lot of time you know this week's show talking about, and then also the Hapoel Jerusalem you know Ike game. You know, these are two teams that were in the groups in the group together last year, um, and some you know big time battles uh, in in the, in last season. So uh, those are two that I'm watching. You know. Um, yeah, and then and then obviously to see if if Nimbrook can can you know keep it up against uh, Gaziantep. Yeah, so it should be a should be a good week of games. Yeah, absolutely. Another good week of games ahead. Make sure that you guys go check out the official website, championsleague.basketball, for all the stats, news, and analysis that you need to get you ready for the week. Also, follow the Champions League on Twitter and Instagram, at BasketballCL. Send us some questions if you want us to discuss them on the podcast. And, of course, check out the Champions League YouTube page for all of the highlights. And you can watch these games in full the week after they are played. They go up on the YouTube page and subscribe to LiveBasketball.tv to watch them live or on demand. That's going to do it for our round one wrap-up podcast. Thanks again to our guest Travis Simpson from Rastafecta. Thanks to Dave Hine over in Germany. My name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast.